Do you like to binge watch TV? Did you know you could binge listen to podcasts? Head over to electronicmediacollective.com where they have podcasts for days. You like podcasts about wrestling? They have that. Do you like podcasts about TV and film? They have that. Do you like podcasts about horror? EMC has that too. Do you like comedy? Do you like books? Guess what? They've got you covered. Head over to electronicmediacollective.com Pick your favorite podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen, the previously scheduled episode for this month has been pushed back to February. However, please enjoy this month's episode of Moose's Monster Mash. Hey, this is Chris Duran from Halloween H2O. You're listening to Moose's Monster Mash. to an all-new episode of Moose's Monster Mash. And today's guest, in a world of Jasons, he decided to be Michael Myers <laughs> from the fan film Halloween Burns. Please welcome Mr. Mason Martucci. Hello, hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm ex- excited we could uh, knock this out because, you know, and... You know, like I just said, I mean, the the fan film world right now is dominated by Jason. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, so it's it's nice to see other franchises get the fan treatment. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, when it comes to Jason, I mean, I can understand why there's so much love in the community for making fan films. That's mainly because there hasn't been a movie or anything within like the past decade. But I don't know. Listen, there's some recent news that's come out about Jason, so let's let's see what happens within the next couple of years. Maybe we'll get something soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely you know with you know how everything with that lawsuit shook shook out. It'll be interesting to see where uh, you know the the franchise goes, but. Before we jump into Halloween Burns, why Halloween? You know, why uh, why that franchise uh, specifically? There's just so much to go into when it comes to that, at least for me. Like, the first Halloween is, like, just something that's so simplistic. It's so simple, and it's so straightforward to a point where you just have to appreciate it. And it's like Michael Myers is like, he's not that in depth. You don't really have to like, he's not like a super like layered villain with like a specific plan. He's just no motive, a silent killer who just happens to come back home. And it's just, it, that's, that's to me, that's scary. That's like really scary. Just to think of like someone who has no motive, has no reason for what he does, but he just does it to do it. It's just that's that's scary to me. So he's just the uh, kill whatever gets in his way kind of guy. Exactly. He will never 
let anything get in his way. And if anything does, he he kills. No, you're you're right, and it 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 always has been interesting. And to keep with the you know comparisons that I've laid out, essentially, you know, between him and Jason, you know, Jason, I mean. They're both very similar in the fact that they both just want to go home. They both oh, yeah. want to just protect their home. But I think in Michael's case, he uh, he's a little less sadistic. You know, he'll just kill you and be done with it. Whereas, like, Jason, I think, thrives on the... Uh, uh, torture, not necessarily the torture, but like thrives on the kill and the violence. That's that's fair, yeah. Because even in like in pretty much all the movies, Michael will just kill and then move on. Like he won't give it a second thought. He'll just go on with his night. In a way, it's like sort of comical because he'll just drop someone dead and then just leave. It's like I know that's kind of dark to. And like a little messed up to laugh at, but it's just like it's just funny to think about. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, you're right. That's what, like, and it's yeah. And, and again, you know, like you said, it's, it sounds kind of messed up, but like a simple throat slash, cut their throat. He drops them, and he just walks away. He doesn't stare at them. He doesn't like savor the moment. He just walks away. Oh, it's Just, creepy. Like, cold and calculated. So, when you decided to set out to do Halloween Burns, did you have a specific spot in, like, the Halloween timeline that you wanted it to fall, or just somewhere in the, like, in-universe? I would say more along the lines of being just in-universe, because this doesn't necessarily, like, pick up or follow along with any of the previous movies. It just, it's kind of its own story. And, you know, I didn't want to like go like too into it. I just, I wanted to make something like rather basic and straightforward. And I don't know, I feel like I was successful with that. I mean, yes, the characters might have the same names as everybody else in the previous movies, but this is a completely different story. Well, and this is going to be another one of those weird-sounding uh, sentences, but you created a fun little murder movie. Yes, you know, and it was it was very <laughs> it, it was very very fun to shoot as well. Everybody, it was it was just a really good time. Everybody was very happy and very proud with all the work and efforts that they put into it. And I did, don't get me wrong. It wasn't all like, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't a perfect shoe. We did have a couple hiccups here and there, but that happens. And once you get past those points and the movie's done and it's out and people receive it very well, it's, it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Like all that efforts. We we've, we've had a couple of, uh, long nights couple of uh almost up to till four in the morning type of nights but it was worth it in the end it was so worth it in the end 
Well, th- that goes into my next question because, like, it seemed like everything was a night shoot. So, what you know, how uh, difficult was that? It, I can't say it was difficult necessarily. Like, don't get me wrong, there definitely was scheduling conflicts, but like, most of the time they ended up working out. Like, let's say I I specifically structured the shooting schedule in a way to where it can be easily adjusted. So let's say, let's say we were going to shoot one of the death scenes tonight with one of the, with one of the leads and someone can't end up showing up specifically like, uh, I don't know, like my camera operator or my boom mic operator. If I can't necessarily get, the shots of me in the suit, what, what, what I, excuse me, what I can do is I can just shoot their shots or we can do part of another scene that we didn't finish with them. And I wanted to, I wanted to like really focus on constructing something that could be super adjustable. So let's like, like I said, if we needed to kind of swap scenes around, depending on like what we shoot, it would work out in the end. And we got everything done like in time. So it was perfect. What what was your uh, projected shooting schedule and budget for this film? Usually, it was at least, I want to say, four to five days out of the week. And earliest we would probably be able to do is like 8.30 p.m. to like, like I said, like almost two to three. And we would just constantly shoot. And it, it, like I said earlier, it got difficult sometimes. Like, I'm not going to lie. Shooting this in the summer in a full jumpsuit with a mask on <laughs> was, uh, that was, that was, that was something. A little Especially warm. like, yeah, definitely. But like I said, it was, I'm glad that my efforts paid off. I'm very proud of what I put out. I'm very happy that my cast and crew were very happy with what they've done and, I just, again, it was, everything about it was just phenomenal. Was uh, your Haddonfield house, was that out in the middle of nowhere? nowhere? I apologize. Or was that like a neighborhood house somewhere? So that's interesting that you ask that because it's it's sort of like a, like a neighborhood house, but it was actually my grandparents' old house. And they... My aunt was the one who was living there, and she was on, how do I say this? She was in the process of moving out of that house. She has an apartment, like, nearby here. And so as she was moving out, it was, like, kind of perfect timing because, like, obviously they had, like, a bunch of old picture frames. They had a bunch of furniture and all that. So as she was moving out, I figured, okay, how about we shoot all this stuff while the house is continuously getting empty? And whenever one part of the house was more empty than the other, we were focused on shooting a scene around that part of the house. I'll use the living room, for example. There were a couple of shots. There are actually every single shot with any of my actors or actresses in it. The furniture and everything in that room is still there. What I did was I just waited until everything was out and then I went back and shot all the shots of the empty space with no, with nothing in the room. 
Huh. And clearly it works. You know, it was, I feel, I feel like it was pretty seamless. Did you always have it planned for a short or were you, when you originally set out to do this, were you looking at like a longer film and just ended up with a short or what was your like long-term goal with this? So yes, I was originally planning on making this close to feature length, but it kind of just got to a point where I didn't think I would be able to achieve everything that I had in that original script. Essentially everything that you saw in like the film that's currently out was just the third act. Just kind of like, it was just kind of tweaked to, it was just kind of tweaked around to kind of take place in one location. That makes sense. The only thing that I can say I was like kind of worried about is like if it would feel like a coherent story from beginning to end. And once, like I said, once everything was put together, I was very surprised with how everything turned out. Let's say it felt coherent. The one, like the one criticism I would give is it felt rushed, but knowing now that it was like the third act of a uh, feature length, that tracks. Yeah. Because that'd be the final arc of the story. Exactly. Start to finish it, you know, like like I said, it is a fun murder movie. <laughs> yes, that's that's definitely what I tried to go for. Another thing about that actually is I know like I definitely could have done more with some of the kills, but at the same time, you have to remember that Michael Myers, like like you said earlier, he's not that like he's not a complicated killer. He'll just kill and move on. That's it. So it's like I didn't really need to like make things like too complicated. I just felt like that if if I like really focused on the story and focused on the atmosphere around like the characters in the house along with Michael Myers, I felt like that it would have made up for the lack of uh the lack of kills. But like even then, I felt like I did a pretty decent job when it came to two out of three of them. I'm particularly proud of the first uh kill scene because i felt like that that's the best directed scene in the entire film and i'm really happy with how it came out and then the second kill everyone's reaction was like exactly how i wanted them to react like literally i remember i showed i showed one of my friends that scene or no i'm sorry i show i was showing my friends the final the final cut of the film and then they saw as soon as they saw the shot of the saw drop onto the floor they realized what the fuck i was about to do and i loved their reaction it was so worth it just to see how they would react uh, say I, i'd imagine it was about like mine because that, that was the the one i wanted to talk about w w without saying who it was there that was arguably my favorite kill it's one of your victims gets pushed face down on a battery operated uh reciprocating saw yep and yeah it's the the, the saw hits the floor and that blade just exactly and exactly yeah your your brain just clicks in you're like no <laughs> and then you know the camera kind of cuts away and blood splatter and you're like dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i oh 
I like I again earlier. I didn't want to like. I didn't want to put like all my efforts towards the kills, but I wanted a little bit of blood. Yeah, I wanted a little bit. You know. Well, and that, that one's pretty bad. much an environmental an, an environmental kill. I mean, it, it fell off the table, and he just took advantage of what you know what was going on in his environment. Exactly, he took advantage of his surroundings. Yeah, I mean, if you have a running saw blade going and you don't use it, you're, you're kind of a fool. Yeah. I <laughs> um, I do have a question because I've watched it three times now and I can't figure it out. There. Okay. When does the gas can come into play? Okay, so if you're talking about like in the, like the final part of the film, yeah. Okay, so the gas can is just it's. It's just there. It's like okay. an old gas can that has just, yeah, it's just an old gas can that happens to have gas in it. Well, like, My, that's kind as, of where it Michael... settled, but, like, yeah. I was like, did I miss something? I don't think I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, um, what do you call it? I, um, I literally just, I, I had it to where, like, if you, if you go back and listen to the like final like one of the shots of Michael falling down, you can hear him like kind of like bump into something. That's the gas can falling down mm. and then okay. spilling. I don't know. I don't want to like put too much of a focus on that mainly just because it's not like it's it's not like a key like like part. It's I I don't see it as like a something I need to like draw too much focus on. I feel like people can put two and two together if they see a gas can spilling gas all over the floor. Yeah, they're they're probably gonna know what's ha what's gonna happen. So, this is when I get to give my favorite part of an episode. This is the spoiler warning. If <laughs> you don't want to know what comes next, turn this off. Go watch the movie and come back. Um, let's talk about the end. Because okay. to talk about the, you know, to ask my next question, we have to talk about the ending. What is, what comes next for your Michael Myers? Because nobody, no death. Well, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, that's how I was always going to leave it off. I was going to always leave it off as that he quote-unquote burns but then you know he he disappears he's he's gone we don't we don't know what happens to him after that and i'm not saying there is going to be a sequel but i'm also saying there's not going to be it's kind of like it, it's it's a little i'm kind of like going back and forth to whether or not i should do one don't get me wrong i've been tossing some ideas around in my head for a while now and I have a pretty good feeling that this could like come to fruition and this could get greenlit. And let's just say this would be something that won't come out for a little while. And I'm confident in that mainly just because of the ideas that I have. But I think like once and if people see it, it would be worth it. Nice. But yeah, like watching it you know you see the see how it all ends and 
then yeah, his body's just gone. It's like, oh, okay, that, that's a nice leave it open to, you know, future installments. Of course. And it's like, okay, where would he go from here? And then as like a viewer, you know, you start to wonder, it's like, okay, does this essentially start like a mini, like, Laurie Strode-esque storyline between him and uh, your final girl? You know, now does he have like this other uh, um, counterpart to go after? You know, this other one that got away. Yeah. You know, so, I, I I think yeah, the way it ended was really smart because it lets you know us, the viewer, start to ponder and just kind of you know come up with our own ending, as as it were. Exactly. You know, it gives the it gives a reason for people to think and sit down. Huh. What did happen? Like, what happened to him? And that's what I wanted to do. What happened to him, and how did he get out? Exactly. Because that, that was like when the when Lori burnt the house in the 2018 Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the big thing was like, okay, how's he going to get out of the burning basement? Yeah. You know, all the way up until Halloween. Uh, kills comes out yes it was how's he getting out you know so everyone's coming up with their own theories not once was it gonna be you know the firemen are gonna let him out no yeah and i wouldn't even say that like they necessarily let him out he just he was aware of his surroundings he took advantage of his environment yeah exactly yeah he hid in Lori's gun locker and just you know waited to see if fire officials would you know, fire officials would come to the house, and let alone, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's it, it's human nature to now sit and wonder, it's like, okay, how's this going to play out? And it, it's interesting to watch, because, like, you've gotten great reviews on the internet for this movie, so congratulations on that end. Thank you, thank you. Um, I'm very glad that everybody seems to enjoy it. So like I'm I'm going to be interested to keep following this and see where the not quite conspiracy theories but like the theories take the ending of this film because I I think it'll be an interesting path to follow. No, of course I totally understand. You know, because I, I think you'll put five people in a room and you'll have five different outcomes as to what happens to Michael. So, I, I think you might have just opened up a, a very interesting topic of conversation. So, yeah. it, I mean, it'll be fun like to I said, follow. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, we don't know. We'll see what the future has for him. Uh, so, where did you find your uh, cast at? So, they are actually high school friends of mine. And... Essentially, I I couldn't really see anybody else play these roles. So, like, I technically, like, wrote, wrote them. I kind of, like, wrote their roles for them in a way. And, you know, I feel like the rest is history. I, I obviously, 
the film is not perfect. It has its flaws, and I'm fully aware of that. I'm not saying that it was perfect. I've never said it was perfect. My directing wasn't perfect, but it's a good very film. No, yes, exactly. That's exactly how you should look at it. I I felt like that I did. I felt like I did a good enough job directing them. I felt like that they did a good enough job to with what they were given. And overall, I'm just very, very happy with how everything turned out. Yeah, I mean, the acting was good. I mean, there obviously there were parts that fell flat, but you know, again, it's an indie film; it happens. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're gonna have hiccups. Uh, the The score was great, and it was very Carpenter esque. You know, the cinematography was good. You know, I mean. All around, it, it was a good project. And what I really find interesting is you ended up with, like, the perfect hype man for this movie. <laughs> and it's a woman. Yeah. No, like, yeah. The, you got the mother of all evil. Freddy uh, Krueger's mom. Freddy Krueger's mom. mom. Yep. Yep. The lovely... Beatrice Bepley to promote this movie. Like, oh yeah, she promotes the hell out of this movie. So oh, I know it's it was it was great. I she she's she's literally amazing. She that's that's really funny because um the guy who plays Paul in the film that's her son. Well, I mean. Keep it in the family. Exactly. And his older brother was the one who did the music. Hell yeah. But yeah, no, it was... She She did not need to go as far as she did. She did not need to promote it the way that she did. She didn't. She just did it because she saw that this was just a small... This was a small film director who wanted to make an indie horror film based on a big franchise. And, you know, she gave it, she gave it so much love and support. And I seriously, seriously appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know, she, she was the point of contact to hook us up. Oh yeah, of course. As, as soon as she told me that, that you wanted to interview me, I got so excited because this like felt, it felt unreal. Cause like I've never been interviewed for something like that I've worked on before, so it just like it like felt weird at first, but at the same time I was very excited. Well, that's good. You know, I mean, it means you're what you what you created is getting out there, and it's getting eyes, and it's getting you know it, it's getting noticed. Exactly. <clears throat> Which means you did your job, and yeah, hopefully. As it gets noticed more, and you know, you, you continue down this track, you know, you, you have pleasant experiences with uh, your interviews, and you know, you, you keep building and growing, and you know, it, it's it's all part of the game. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly how it is. That's how the that's how the horror genre works. Literally, like one, like one of the best communities to be in. Mm-hmm. 
So you can either be really supportive or turn on you in a dime. Exactly. Before we wrap up, what, uh, you have any projects uh, coming out anytime soon that you want to tell people about? Uh, as of right now, no, I don't. I do plan to put out a couple more personal projects, like more original stuff, not like based off of like IPs or anything. Um, but I will constantly and continue to post updates on any and all my social medias along with my YouTube. Like hell, I'm going to probably make like my own little short, like behind the scenes video that has like intercuts with this interview. That's why I also wanted to record it. Nice. And uh, go, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you, you can go. Uh, I was just going to ask where you're, uh, you know, where listeners could, uh, follow you on social media so i mainly use instagram to promote my stuff as that's how i've also gotten in contact with you you anyone who is currently listening can go follow my main youtube page at an eye for film all lowercase under underscore where wherever you would put a space you should be able to find it it's nothing i believe it's the only one that would come up Yes. So yes, it it will be, it'll be easy to find. Fantastic. And listeners, like always, put the links in the episode descriptions, and you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Moose Media Inc. Mason, this has been long overdue, but it has been amazing. <laughs> oh, of course. Everything Thank happens you. for I... a reason, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Again, I seriously appreciate this interview. I didn't even think I was even going to get an opportunity like this, and I really, really appreciate it. I can't wait to see when the episode comes out. I'm very excited to listen. Oh, that uh, that means a lot. And listeners... If you haven't watched it yet, why are you still listening? But if you haven't, <laughs> go check out Halloween Burns on YouTube. It's a good, quick, happy, fun murder movie. Yes. You yes. sat through this? Yes, it is. You got time to watch Michael kill people. <laughs> Tune in in a couple weeks for the first annual... Moose's St. Valentine's Day Movie Massacre, where we dive into Valentine's-related horror movies. Mason, I'd love to have you on again sometime. I look forward to seeing where your career takes you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to see where your career heads with uh, podcasting, too. Thank you. And listeners, until next time, mash on. This has been Moose's Monster Bash. Come back for more chills and thrills if you dare. <laughs>